For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome to Tiger Talk. I'm Taylor Davis, joined by Jason Campbell, here to talk all things Auburn. We've got a great episode for you today. Going to talk about a couple of different things happening currently uh, surrounding Auburn football. Obviously, recap what the basketball team has been up to, other than sending me into cardiac arrest. (laughs) And then we have an awesome interview for the end of the show. Former Auburn and NBA player, now assistant coach, for the Auburn basketball team, Marquise Daniels is going to be joining us talking all about his playing days, the current team, and everything else of the sort. So you want to stay tuned for that, and we're just going to dive right on into it. But you know what? I figured I'd go ahead and ask about this because some of us peasants don't get the opportunity to do all the cool stuff that my man Jason Campbell gets to do. And, uh, you know, he was just up in Chicago hanging out for the NBA All-Star Week, and I figured I'd let him brag for a minute. So go ahead, Jason. Tell me all about it. What's up, my Auburn fans and Auburn people and uh, <laughs> alumni and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers? Um, I am Jason Campbell, formerly known as Big Smooth. Oh, dear. I had such a great time, Taylor, in Chicago. <laughs> I, I'll tell I you, you what, did. the first night I got there on Friday, it was two degrees, but like a wind chill of negative 10 below zero. And it was so cold, I caught myself trying to walk backwards so the wind wouldn't hit me in the face when I was trying to get to the the restaurant on Friday. I was like, oh, goodness. We're from the South, man. We don't do that. Yeah, we don't do that. But you know Uh -uh. what? My grandmother lives up there. My family lives up there. So I said, hey, Chicago, home and all-star weekend. And with everything surrounding the basketball this year, I like, you know, mm-hmm. this would be a great opportunity to go up and, uh, and be part of festivities. So I went up and had an opportunity to be around some great people. Aaron Gordon, I got a chance to talk to him about losing the dunk contest. And he was really hurt. He was really hurt. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, he's like, man, how you get five fifties and then, you know, dunk over seven foot five and, Seriously. you know, you still not, not win. He's like, I don't know what else I got to do to win. But I got a chance to go to a lot of the events where a lot of basketball players were there. Um, I got a chance to meet, you know, a couple of big end DJs uh, across the nation. Uh, I got a chance to meet people that are in big businesses. I got a chance to learn a lot about business uh, this weekend from some of the people that I met. So hmm. you never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to run into. Ludacris. I got a chance to sit Luda. down. With, I got a chance to sit down with Ludacris, and Ludacris was singing some of the old school uh, hits when I was back in college, and it was awesome. But that's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time. That is something that is definitely on my bucket list. Weirdly enough, the All Star Week was in Charlotte last year, and I didn't go to anything surrounding it, so I did that poorly. But uh, anyway, glad you enjoyed it, and welcome back to reality. Okay, <laughs> well, let's dive in to a couple topics uh, surrounding Auburn football. Honestly, it's difficult to find some stuff right now. Things are kind of quiet. It's not going to be quiet for long, but uh, this time of year, things are 
uh, a little slower and the guys have a little breathing time. So not a ton going on, but to get us geared up for the football season, A-Day tickets have officially gone on sale. The annual spring game scrimmage uh, will take place in Jordan-Hare Stadium on April 11th. Uh, So if any of you are wanting to get your tickets, they are on sale. So go ahead and snag those. I just wanted to ask what A-Day is like from a player's perspective, because obviously it's it's for the fans. Let's be honest. Right. Like everyone is just so eager for some football. <laughs> We've gone a whopping three months without it and everyone <laughs> feels like they're going to die. So we throw in a scrimmage, uh, basically a glorified practice in the stadium just so fans can, you know, regain their pulse. But uh, pull the curtain back a little bit. Tell us what it's like for the players. Yeah, let's go deep. Let's go uncut to our fans. Uncut let's do it. up into the locker room minds of the athletes <laughs> of just performing on A-Day. First, First and foremost, guys look forward to A-Day because it is a little bit less stressful than all the other spring practices. And what I mean by that is on A-Day, everything is very vanilla. And that's because it's kind of, it's filmed on TV. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people there. You never know if there's a scout or anyone from any other team there to look at your players or to look at anything that you're trying to do. Uh, offensively, just to try to get an edge on you, even though even though they get filmed during the season, everyone is always looking for that that edge quickly, and uh, so you always have to be vanilla and be aware of that. So when you go into a day, your starters don't really perform a whole lot. A day is pretty much for the guys that are new to the campus, guys that are second and third screen guys. They get an opportunity to play in front of the fans that they don't may get a chance to see as much during the season, and to and to just put a good performance out there and then just get everyone back to like buying into football again, just kind of like getting your little appetizer. And, uh, mm. you know, this year when you look at Bigsby, a day probably going to be packed because everyone's going to see like, okay, what this kid got, let's be yeah. honest. He's not going to come out there and give you a hundred percent. And I wouldn't be shocked if they only ran him four or five times in that game, uh, mm-hmm. just to protect him, get him ready for the regular season. And, uh, and everything, but he will have the fans to show out and show up because the simple fact is a day is awesome for a fan because you get a chance to see the kids in person. You get to go down on the football field after the spring game and you get a chance to take pictures. You get a chance to take, get autographs and you get a chance to be up close in person, you know, with with the guys that you watch on Saturday. So that does mean a lot to the players from a player standpoint is one of the funnest things about football is you get a chance to interact with the fans that love you the most and, and, and everything. And so don't take it for granted. Guys enjoy A-Day, but from a football standpoint, you don't get much from the starters, but you do get an opportunity to see those guys from the second and third screen. It's an opportunity for some of those guys to feel like, you know, they can prove something on a stage that's maybe a little bit more heightened. Obviously now with the SEC network, all of the SEC schools a days or well spring games are televised so you do have a lot of eyes on it and it is an opportunity for you to showcase a little bit of what you can do obviously it's a little watered down but still exciting nonetheless and there's going to be a lot of festivities surrounding that weekend it's going to kick off a year-long celebration of the 2010 national championship team so a lot of those guys are going to be recognized before the game uh there's a flag football game jason have you ever participated in the flag football game before A-Day? are you kidding me are you the i'm so whoa are sorry you me? <laughs> oh Man. gosh i just lost my co-host last year i was a coach 
on the flag team. I went against Ronnie Brown's team. Why are you not playing? Because last year I had knee surgery in February. Oh, okay. And I had to have some repairments done. So they need a coach that knows all the X's and O's for the gyms and the the Joes. And uh, (laughs) so I happened to be that coach last year. And we was running some design plays. And I had guys out there pulling hamstrings and everything, just trying to get them back in the day. I, I was pumping them up. Robert Johnson think he's back in 0-2 catching two touchdowns in the Alabama game. He pulled a hamstring on the go route. I'm like, dude, you're 40. You're not 25. <laughs> so, but then you got guys out there just trying to show out. Cause we had a we had a nice show and fans showed up. Like they came out. Oh yeah. And, uh, A-Day it, was packed last year. Yeah, it went down to the wire. And um, uh, you know, of course we had a little quarterback competition last year as well. I think it had a lot exactly. to do with it. But I tell you what. I haven't officially said yes or no yet. It all depends on how my knee is feeling. But I don't know if these guys want to catch my balls, though. I haven't thrown a ball in a while, and I don't know if I'm putting too much heat on it or what. But when I get out on that football field, mm. I start to feel it again. I and think it all comes back. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. Somebody run a go route, they better be on their they better be on their best bet, you know. <laughs> Stretch them out a little bit, but it's you fun. would. Yeah, it's fun. I bet. That does sound like fun. I, I always loved A Day as a student. And honestly, it's fun. I covered a couple last season as a sideline reporter, and it's just way less pressure. Like, we're all still the players and the fans, we're all still around the sport that we love, but it's just a little more relaxed. And the weather is finally nice after the dreaded winter. And I just love everything around the spring game. So, everybody, go get your tickets. Let's pack the stadium again because I think that. That really set the tone uh, for the season, and it gets everybody hyped up. So I'm all for it. And, Jason, I expect you to be in the flag football game. If you're not, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, I will be a participant some way, somehow, form a fashion of another. Okay, deal. We'll take that. We'll take that. Okay, the other notable thing that I want to mention and get Jason's input on is that the NFL Combine is happening this week in Indianapolis, and several Auburn guys – are out there proving what they can do, hoping to hear their names called in the draft come April. Real quickly, the guys who are out there participating, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, duh, Daniel Thomas, Noah Igbenogany, Javaris Davis, uh, Nick Coe, Jack Driscoll, Prince Tega Winogo, and punter Aaron Sipos. So they are all out there uh, taking advantage of this opportunity and hoping it will help their chances of reaching the next level. Jason. Mm-hmm. What the heck is it like to perform in the combine? This is something that you literally are essentially under a microscope and a ton of people are watching everything that you do. They are analyzing all of your skill sets. What is it like for these guys that are out there doing that right now? Well, you feel like you're on the menu of a drive through And what I mean <laughs> what? by that is, yes, you know, you feel like you're on a menu of the drive through Like you, okay. you added that, that, Happy Meal, or you that Big Mac, you know, and and everyone just wants to see like I want to be the first to to taste the Popeyes chicken sandwich or something, you know. It's just and the okay. reason I say that I say that in Chris so people can really like understand. Well, you got to stand up in front of it's about four hundred people in a room, so you got all these GMs, you got some owners, you got all these coaches, and everyone is in there. Then you also have the people that sits down in these rooms. They give you an eye test. They give you uh question tests all and, and everything so and you basically have to stand up there in your underwear mm-hmm. with no shirt on 
no pants on, just underwear. And they take your arms and they stretch them as far as they can. They take your hands and stretch them as far as they can. They measure you from the top piece of your hair all the way down to your toenail. And they holler out your measurements to everybody. And you're in front of a whole room of people. So once you finish that, you got to get dressed and then you head and then you start to go individual uh, interviews with coaches and everything. So you probably do about five of those because you can't get through every team. And the whole thing for you as a player, you're just trying to get one team to like you. You know, right. just one team got to like you because out of 32 teams to get you drafted where you want to be at. And it's a great opportunity, but uh, it, it can become overwhelming if you let it. But I always told myself when I was there, I said, hey, man, it's a, this is an opportunity to to be with the best coming out of college this year. And not everyone that goes to the combine gets drafted. You know, let's say that first. You know, it's not it is a great accomplishment to get invited there, but you still gotta show up and more so than what happens on the field, they're trying to figure out what's between the ears. How much football do you hmm. know between your ears? And do you have the eye contact and do you have the, the charisma to get guys around you to play for you and to play with you? Those are the most important parts that they're actually looking at more so than just on the field because they come to your school for a pro day. So they get to see right. you up close in person. So this is just a chance to get to know what's between the ears. So what was the most nerve wracking part for you? Um, I'd probably say... We had this Wonderlick test we had to take, uh, which I did really well on that. But the other okay. part was when you have to sit in a room and this head coach is four feet from your nose, and then there's another guy looking at you from the side, and you're trying to keep eye contact with these guys, and then you don't have a clue what in the world they're about to ask you. Sometimes it's some yeah. off-the-wall stuff, and you be like, what What does that got to do with football? <laughs> <laughs> you know? but, but at the same time, you still have to sit there and answer it. And, uh, and everything. So, like I said, the film, your film is all you need. That's what's going to get you drafted to where you're going to be at. Now, what can hmm. get you drafted higher is how you answer those questions and how they feel your vibe is as a as a player and as a person. You can say one thing, but then how many times do you see this, Taylor? Guys get paid a bunch of money, and then all of a sudden they become this person. You're like, who is that? Yeah. The thing is, money doesn't make you. It just make you more who you already are. It just comes out more. Yeah. And these coaches are trying to figure out, like, is this guy get him and I pay him this certain amount of money? Is he still going to be the same guy that's going to come to work with the same attitude and same mindset? Or he's just going to get his money and just tune out? Right. So these owners have a lot to, to evaluate and everything. Sometimes, you know, players end up in the right position for themselves. It's all about the NFL. All these guys are talented, but it's all about ending up at the right place at the right time with the right coaching staff. Certainly the, the networking aspect and the conversations that these guys have been having is uh, probably more beneficial, especially when all of these guys that are out there, they have, they have so much tape. I mean, like they've shown what they can do physically. And I think it's interesting to note that a lot of those tests and interviews and conversations, they, they hold a lot more weight than people would think. Oh yeah. They hold a lot of weight. Like, uh, it is huge. Uh, like not everyone knows how to communicate, you know, it's right. just like in anything that you do, communication is the key. And, uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they're so used to being the star that they don't understand. Once mm -hmm. you get drafted to the NFL, it's, it's like coming out of high school to college. You got to rebuild the system all over again. 
and uh, yeah. and everything. So you got to come with the right attitude, the right mindset. And, you know, I think Auburn guys does really well uh, in the NFL for the most part um, and everything. Looking at you, Greg Robinson. Yeah, that was that was something. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, that's something uh, we definitely need to touch on because the simple fact is, yes, we're all Auburn everything show, so everything needs to get talked about. And when you think right. about, you know, Quan Bray and uh, Greg Robinson and, th- and this incident that happened, and, and everyone's probably like, why did this happen? Or why did you feel like you have to do this? You know, you're a guy that was just playing in the National Football League. Last year, he was on a team about to become a free agent. Yeah. and had a pretty good yeah. season. And so he's probably going to yeah. get paid a good amount of money. And then you look at Quan Bray, who had a taste of it, but played a little bit in the uh, Canadian League and everything. And you wonder, like, why do these guys choose to go to go do these things that they're doing? And I always tell right. people, I think you are a recipient of the five most closest people you hang around. And mm-hmm. if you hang around, it doesn't matter. You can be a good apple, but if you hang around three or four other bad apples, eventually it catches up with you. And sure. in this situation, like these two guys didn't seem like two guys that you would think would be into this type of type of thing. So I think it goes deeper than just those two. It's, it's almost just a point of, you know, who are sur- who these guys are surrounding themselves with. Who's in their right. ear? Who they're talking to on a day to day basis, and uh, and everything? Because, you know, for this to happen and the way that it happened, and to be so far away from their hometowns, um, yeah, you know, it's a little bit deeper than what what's going on, and I'm pretty sure more will come out about it. But I just hope other kids and other guys, you know, just learn from this. Like, you can be as high as you feel, and someone knocking on your door all the time, telling you how to, you're the best ever, but mm-hmm it only takes one incident to knock you off and everyone can have a different opinion about you. Yo, oh, yeah. like I said, your name will go further than you ever will. My dad always told me that. He said, son, you could, you can, your name can travel a lot further than you can. So, hmm. you know, guys, just remember that. Absolutely. And I think it, no one's invincible. And, and that's something that sometimes athletes uh, wrestle with a little bit because they are put on a bit of a pedestal, especially once you make it to the professional side of things. You're a celebrity now and mm-hmm. everyone knows who you are. You're making the money that you've always dreamt of. You're living this life where you feel untouchable. And if you start literally believing that and acting it out, everything is going to leave you quicker than it came in. So I I think it's so important who these guys are keeping in their corner. You're exactly right. People that you surround yourself with, you become like them or guilt by association. You could have absolutely nothing to do with it, but you're still looped in with them. So that is such a huge point of it. In this day and age of social media and everyone knows your every move and consumerism is at a all time high, like they have to know who they are and what they stand for before they jump into that world. You can't let that change you. Um, so I think that the combine and, and those interviews and things that um, are, are more about the mental and the personality and the character um, are going to continue to hold a lot of weight, or at least they should, because it doesn't matter how stellar of an athlete you are. If you make stupid decisions, it's all for nothing. But anyway, I wish the guys out there in Indianapolis the best as the week continues. I'm sure that they will impress and we will all await what their future holds come April. All right. Well, we are obviously going to talk about this basketball team, which has just, you know, 
been very Auburn, <laughs> if you will. You know, like every time you think you can breathe, you can't. <laughs> this basketball team, since we last spoke, had huge wins in overtime, beating Arkansas, LSU, Alabama, and then they lost back-to-back conference games, and everyone kind of plummets, uh, Missouri and Georgia, and then broke that losing streak, overcame a 17-point deficit to beat Tennessee. I mean, this team just loves to keep it interesting. Uh, Real quickly before we bring in Marquise Daniels, what have you been seeing from this team? How are they so resilient? Well, it seems like at home our team is so resilient because our fans gets into it. Right? You know, if you haven't been to an Auburn home basketball game, if you're someone that that loves Auburn and, and support the school, you definitely want to try to find a way. I know the tickets are hard to get. You know, there's a waiting list now, and uh, but at the wow. same time, you know, this team for whatever reason at home they get down, but it's not over. Like they feel like they can fight their fight and claw their way back into it. And once they do that, they take the lead and they take the lead with demand. Like once they get it, it's almost like it goes from a tie game to up one or two. And then they also they explode to take it up like seven or eight. And we are basketball is a game of momentum, just like any 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 uh, collegiate or basketball game or football game. You have to ride the wave. And when it's not going so bad, when it's not going your way, you still have to be in tune with what's going on. And I think the reason we lost those two games to Georgia and Missouri is, you know, we lose a big part of our puzzle, you know, in Okura. And uh, when that happened, I think it was such a shell shock because basketball is not like football where you lose a guy, you get a whole week to practice somebody else to get them ready and prepared. Where basketball, mm-hmm. there may be only a day in between. And when there's a day in between, the next guy got to be ready quick. You always hear the motto, next man up. But it happens faster in basketball and baseball because it could be the next day. And in this situation, when we have to remove a character, he does so much for us. He rebounds. He's a big force. He's a big outside shooter for us. He's a big he, – he's a guy that makes good assists. He blocks shots. You know, he adds a lot to the defense. So when you have to remove that guy, and now say you go against a Georgia team that has some talent and they already lost earlier in Auburn, they're looking – they're out for revenge. And then you think about Missouri team that's kind of had a high moments, low moments, but then you know you're Auburn coming into town. Or you're, you know, they see Auburn on schedule. It's kind of like people don't look at Auburn like they used to look at Auburn in basketball. Now they look right. at us, they think like, okay, these guys are like the giants, so we got to knock off the giant to get recognition. Yeah. So now you become the target and uh, and everything. But like I said, we had the two game slump, which hurt us because we was right there with Kentucky for the opportunity for the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we end up giving that up to Kentucky uh, so far. So now we have to find a way to. That was a big win of the night against Tennessee because we need all the momentum that we can get heading into the SEC uh, SEC tournament because that's when Auburn caught fire last year was around right. this time. So you know, time is time is time is coming now. Yeah, obviously still a gauntlet ahead, but uh, these guys are proving that you you can't count them out at any point, and and they can adjust on the fly and and respond well to adversity. And I think that's going to be really really pivotal, especially once you get into NCAA tournament time. Um, but we are going to bring in Marquise Daniels, help us break this down a little bit. Like we mentioned, former Auburn player, a stellar NBA career, and now part of this Auburn basketball coaching staff. So he can speak on this way better than we can. So let's go ahead and bring him in now. 
All right, people, let's talk some Auburn basketball. And we've got the perfect guest to help us do that this week. Former Auburn and NBA player, now assistant coach Marquise Daniels. Marquise, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Obviously, there is a lot of excitement surrounding this Auburn program right now. And, and I want to talk about that considering you're on the coaching staff. But I want to go back to your playing days first. Uh, you really were an integral part of the Auburn basketball program during your playing days, obviously, helping to lead the team to that Sweet 16 run in 2003. When you look back on, on your playing days at Auburn, specifically that Sweet 16 run and, and that tough loss to the ultimate national chance, Syracuse, uh, but a heck of a second half comeback in that game. Like, what memories really stand out to you when you look back on your playing days, considering how much you experienced? Um, I mean, I, it was uh, it was like a blessing in disguise for me just from when I first got in until my last year. Like, I basically played every position here and it was like it prepared me for the next level. With you know, when I was here, I was like, man, won't they just let me play my natural position? But mm-hmm. it helped me for, like I say, when I got to the NBA, I was able to post up smaller guards. I was able to play point guard. I was able to do a lot of different things, and it was it was a blessing in the skies. And I, I just even going back to that Syracuse game, just you know, we just been with a group of guys that had no quitting. We all just we fought to the end, and you know, we just ran out of time. Keith, when you think about this Auburn team, when you look at this year. Uh, of course, we were more dominant at home. Uh, we also have what eight or nine road wins as well. But you think about this team as a whole, and uh, when you see us at home, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Some seasons you have like this when you play sports where you fall behind at home, but there's something about the resilience and the tenaciousness to just dig yourself out of a hole and come back and win the game. What's the mentality of this team when they're at home and, and when they're on the road? Man, they, these guys prepare for it all summer. So, like, when they, they get in this situation, it's like nothing. But that jungle, man, you know, that crowd is it, it's probably one of the best in college basketball. Just ha- knowing that these guys are going to be riding with us, the fan support has been so great. And these guys, they just don't give up. Like, it's been some games. I'm sitting over there like, man, what are we doing? Then it's like, oh, okay, I see what we're doing. <laughs> but they just, man, they just don't stop, man. They don't quit. They you know, from the senior leadership with Samir, Javon, Austin, Danielle, Anthony, those guys. And, you know, we got the younger guys, and they're just following suit, man. They just – it's buying into what Coach is telling us. And these guys, they just they just don't stop, man. They just – they practice hard. And they play even harder. I mean, my goodness, they're, they're testing all of us and our health with all these <laughs> overtime wins. I'm going to need it to calm down because my heart right. can't – but, I mean, just to talk about, you know, that there's no quit in these guys. I mean, we even saw that in, in the Tennessee game. I mean, heading into right. halftime, it, it, they just seemed so disheveled. The players said that at halftime they were told what they needed to hear and, uh, and they right. responded in the second half. How have you seen this team respond when it comes to being coachable? We talk about that sometimes, how important that is to – to kind of take that direction and respond well to what the coaches are telling you. What's special about that group and the way they're responding to being coached? That's probably like a, a lost skill, just being coachable. And these yeah. guys are like, they're so coachable. Like they take, they, they police themselves. Like if they know they're not doing something right, they can go to each other and be like, come on, man, pick it up, this and that, or whatever the case may be. And they respond to it. 
as you're supposed to. You could get some kids that if you're telling them this, they it's always they point the finger and saying somebody else's fault. But these guys own up to what they're not doing and they try to fix it because at the end of the day, their, their whole goal is to win. We all want to win. If we win, everybody looks good. That's always a good model to have, especially these kids nowadays. But it's two exactly. kids about in general. When you think about Okura, what he means to the team, of course, we missed him in the Missouri game and we missed him in the Georgia game. And you think about what he brings as a freshman. You know, I watched this kid play last year at McEachern High School here in Atlanta. I would go watch him a lot. And, right. uh, and they have a really good basketball program. So when you think about this kid and then you think about what McCormick did in the LSU game, uh, hitting those those threes late in that game to help, help bring us back and win that game. What does Okira bring to the team, and what has McCormick matured at as a, as a guard for us heading to the and get ready to go for the SEC tournament? Uh, starting with Okoro, he's a he's a different type of guy, the next level type of player. Just understanding, I mean, a lot of this stuff starts with those kids at home, with you know their parents holding them accountable. So when they get to you know to the program wherever they're at, they're, they're easy to coach and they're easy to you know be sponges to what you're trying to tell them and help them out. So a lot of times, kids take the way you're saying something to them in a negative way as, as opposed to listening to what you're saying. And he does a great job of just, you know, just soaking up everything and just coming out and playing. I mean, that USA basketball that he's been playing all this, all this time before he got here, it helped him out a great deal. I mean, his skill set, just knowing how to play the game. And with McCormick, he just, you know, just playing behind Jared last year, you know, he was kind of free to come in and do what he wanted to, you know, just play basketball. And now he's taken on a role of, I got to understand this player hadn't had a shot in a while. He hadn't got a shot in a while. He got to manage the game of making sure that he keeps everybody happy and satisfied out there, which is a tough job, you know, as a quarterback, to make sure that everybody, you know, okay, I know he needs to get the ball. He hadn't touched it in a while. Like You got to try to keep everybody happy and keep everybody satisfied. He's done a great job of just being a floor leader, just understanding that he don't have to score the 25, 30 points a game, but if need to be, he can. I mean, it's no secret that the culture surrounding Auburn basketball has completely changed, and you've got to attribute a good bit of it to Bruce Pearl. Obviously, we were all part or are part of the Auburn family. We know that, you know, there's a lot of support and love poured in to Auburn athletics, but as someone who's involved in it firsthand, how have you seen Coach Pearl have an impact, not just on the team, but around the university? Uh, he's just he's just people person. I mean, he he's a. I mean, just like we had the game against Tennessee the other morning. And, and, I mean, he's out there early in the morning. He's passing out breakfast sandwiches to the student section. Like, you don't see many coaches doing that. Like, he may yeah. just go to a class and interrupt the class. And I mean, he's like he's the Michael Jackson of Auburn. He's just. I mean, you see him on campus. It's like oh, Coach Pearl, Coach Pearl, can I do this? And it's like he. I've never seen him. Turn, tell no one, no, I can't do this. Uh, turn a kid down. Like he's always making time for everybody. I, I mean, I asked him a couple of times, like, Coach, when do you sleep? How do you do it? Like, he's he's constantly, like, he may text you at four in the morning about some ideas he has. He's just <laughs> always working. And it's just contagious. Like, man, you if you want to be a successful coach and be on the level where he's at, I mean, you got to work hard. I mean, you just look at his resume. All he do is win. I mean, everywhere yeah. he goes, he's been, he's won. He just, he wins. And it's just, he just creates an atmosphere and makes his players feel so comfortable to the point to where they're like, man, he really cares about us. Because a lot of times you can get a coach that only cares about winning, only cares about self, as opposed to your well-being on and off the court. Like when kids go home, like, man, stay out of it. Don't, don't get in the wrong cars. I know these are your friends, but make sure you're doing the right thing. 
Like just right. all those stuff like that. Like when you get home, man, make sure you go buy your mom something. Go, go take her somewhere. Go do something. Like just instilling, you know, making them men instead of just being basketball players and just helping them, man. And I mean, look at his graduation rate, you know, from his kids. Like it's just he does so much to try to help everybody. Like he want he's a person that really wants to see everybody win. And it's just like I said, it's contagious, and these kids are are seeing it. You know, even when they leave, they call them back like, man, I appreciate y'all. Like, they don't understand that right now how easy it is because they have a set schedule. You got practice, you got class, you got games. But when you get older, you don't have nobody waking you up to make you do this and do that. You appreciate this stuff. And I think he's setting them up to to understand when they get out there in the real world the things that they need to do and the way they need to carry themselves as men, the way they want to be branded. That's so true. And I think the results are are really speaking for themselves. Well, my last one for you, obviously, this team has already accomplished a lot this season, but there is plenty more ahead. What is kind of the focus? What are you guys emphasizing to this team right now as as they head into the rest of the season and ultimately try and accomplish some more big goals? Uh, like you said, we want to keep creating history and just keep getting better. I mean, like you said, we still have a lot of room to get better, and which is a good thing. So when you have room to keep improving, we haven't peaked yet. We just want to keep getting better and keep pushing guys to keep putting one foot in front of the next. As long as we got time on that clock, we can keep getting better and keep try- striving for the next goal. All right, Marquise. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time to join us today. It was it was great hearing from you. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir, man. See you down in the plains, brother. That wraps it up for us here on Tiger Talk. As always, Jason and I so appreciate you guys listening and following along with us as we talk all things Auburn. So be sure and subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode as we continue to break down all things happening down on the plains. We have wonderful guests and have some fun along the way. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. War Eagle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.